So this is episode two of the I-95 East Coast Sports Podcast. Joining me is Brutally Honest Sports. We're actually going to try and be working together um, in order to bring you a very comprehensive podcast. And um, how's the smoke up there today? Uh, a little bit better than yesterday. Yesterday was was kind of, you know, took me back a, a week or so. I guess that was two weeks now that it was pretty bad coming down from, from Canada. But, like, yesterday was kind of, you know, similar to that. That, damn those Canadians. I told my friend Tim Danter, who was a person on Canada's worst driver, I said, keep the smoke up there, brother. Man, <laughs> that's all. And then I'm like, it's awful outside. So uh, let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, first things first, the Orioles lose two out of three to the Reds. Tough series. But who who's to blame for this two out of three that we lost? I mean, who do you put the blame on? Do you put the blame on the offense and the runners in scoring position? How about the defense, the pitching? Who do you put the blame on? It's it's hard to say, like, you know, let's put the blame on, on one person in particular. I mean, game three, though, uh, very, very frustrating to watch, obviously. I mean, the fact that, you know, Adam Frazier ties the game. And, and it's it's crazy because you would think this guy, not known for power, but, like, you, you would think he has some pop in his bat. But last year, what, he hit, like, three home runs all year. So – um, that was just such a, a great, you know, offensive showing there on Wednesday to score seven. And then you go to the bullpen and, and I know it's the ghost runner and extra innings and, and, and what have you, but that's just, it's not an excuse to give up. I mean, Keegan Aiken got two outs and like couldn't finish the inning basically. Right. And, and allowed those, those runs. I know he only gets charged with the three earned, but I hate the extra runner in the extra innings thing. I, I mean, it's it's stupid. Okay, I, I, I know you want to make the games go faster, but no, it's stupid. I I think if you're gonna do that, you should give like my my kind of my pushback on that would be maybe give give the team an out. So runner on second, but there's one out. Like to give a guy on second, you know, to put a guy out there on second and no outs, it's a little just. I, yeah, I'm not a fan of it either. I mean, you 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 bring up the fact you know like who's to blame I mean if you look at these three games the O's come out strong win 10 to 3 game one game two you can put that on the offense but I mean the Reds pitching that game w- was just really spot on you you know it's one of those things you're not going to hit well every night but one run is is not going to win you many games and 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 really the O's gave up three runs so I I, I do I gotta I I think the bullpen is the blame here I I just not saying you got to be perfect, and and obviously you know Yenny or Cano's kind of come back to earth. I mean Felix Bautista is still the best closer in baseball, in my opinion. But oh, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, I mean, other than game two, you scored seventeen runs in the other two games. I think if you got to look at it like, yeah, they got to hit better with runners in scoring position, but game two was really the only struggle. I would say offensively. So my big thing here is that you know. I put a lot of the blame, some of the blame on the offense. We had times when we could have put the game out of reach, but on the same token, the defense didn't do their job. Starting pitching was getting slammed and middle relief was not doing well. Okay. And that's one of the things that I've been saying about Michael Elias is that the fans are saying this, we need pitching. We need help. When are we going to get the help? Yeah, no, there's going to be so many great names out there during the trade deadline. And what is Michael Elias going to do? But we, I mean, we have all these prospects, so we don't want to give them away. 
Yeah, it, it's – I mean, my my buddy Brent at the 1420 Sports Podcast, he'll say prospects are cool, but championships are cooler. I mean, how many prospects are we going to hold on to, you know, in order – and stay in the same position or, or even backtrack at some point? Because, like you said, I mean, the middle relief is extremely concerning for this team. I mean – other, I mean, look at CNL Perez is you never know what you're going to get with him. Right. You never, I mean, Danny Coulomb's pretty uh-huh. consistent. Yeah. Mike Bauman's had his ups and downs. I mean, Bruce, I mean, we have Bruce Zimmerman back in the pen. That's kind of like how it shows how concerning it is because I'm, I, I can't sit here and say, I trust Bruce Zimmerman as far as I can, I can spit to be honest with you. Okay. So that is the Orioles and Reds. Um, now that now the Mimi saw the twins come to town, you know, Oh, don't you know, the good old Minnesota Twins, they are in town today, don't you know? Uh, what do you look for out of the Twins? I mean, you got Byron Buxton, who is just beating the crap out of the ball. Royce Lewis is having a, a, a phenomenal, phenomenal start to his career after, you know, destroying both of his ACLs. But the Twins come in 40 and 42 and in first place in the central. What? This is not 1994 all over again. But what do you look for out of the Twins tonight versus the O's? Yeah, I, I did. I did read up a little bit on the Twins. Um, I think they have one of the top rotations in baseball, which is, I mean, somewhat surprising. Um, I know Pop, Pablo Lopez. Um, you know, you have Sonny Gray there. I mean, they, they have some players for sure. You, you mentioned Byron Buxton. I remember him hitting that walk off against the O's. Well, that was just last year, I think. Yeah, that's um, that was something else. Yeah, I think that was when Pablo Lo- or uh, Jorge Lopez, I should say, yeah. was struggling, and then obviously the o- the O's dealt him at the deadline. But yeah, I mean, forty and forty two in a bad, you know, in the probably the worst division in baseball, if not, you know, the NL Central. You can make a case that's the worst. Um, either way, um, I-, I I think the O's really have to get back on track and and try and take. I mean, obviously the goal is always to take two out of three, but. At home against a, a subpar team, you know, they have some players on offense. You know, obviously, Correa, Byron Buxton. But I, I think the O's on paper are better. The pitching has to step up, especially like, I mean, we just saw Kyle Gibson have two consecutive bad starts. I mean, we're looking to get, you know, Dean Kramer, cons- you know, to stay consistent. Yeah, yep, yep, exactly, to stay consistent. So two out of three, I think, should be the goal. I would love to see a sweep, but. Um. Yeah, against this team, I think a, a two out of three is the it should happen. So as a team right now, the Twins are batting two thirty one. Their team leader in batting average is Carlos Correa at two twelve. Home runs, Buxton's got thirteen. Carlos Correa's got thirty seven RBIs. But here's the funny thing about Buxton and Gallo: they don't have more than thirty RBIs. Uh, Buxton's got twenty eight. Gallo's got. 13. Now, the, the one thing about this is that the O's have not been pitching well against teams with bad batting averages, okay? And that's a concern to me. That is a really big concern to me because um, we gave up a lot against Cleveland. M- Milwaukee, they're a terrible hitting team. They they beat the crap out of the ball against us. I'm wondering why our pitching just can't say, you know what, I'm looking at this lineup. They're a laughing stock, but – Every time we go up against them, they just seem to beat the ball out of us. Yeah, yeah, no. Bringing up the Cleveland series, that that really did stand out to me. How many runs they gave up, um, it, you know, throughout that entire series, it was it was concerning. Like this is one of those series where you know you flush what happened the last couple of days. You know, you flush everything up until this point, and just 
get back on track. Like I know the Twins. It's one of those teams where they're they're a little deceiving. I know their numbers aren't good. Their record's not that good, but they can play good baseball. Like they're no slap. They're better than than the A's. Obviously, they're better than the Royal. They're they're not they're a subpar team by record, mm-hmm. but they can they can hurt you and their pitching can really get to you as well. So yeah, the O's gotta gotta pitch not down to the competition. Like they have to go out there and execute, you know, and 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 really commit, you know, be dominant in this series from start to finish. Like the starting pitching and the bullpen. I don't I don't want to see another bullpen implosion like it was against the Reds. They got power, but they strike out a lot. So that could be uh, that could help us tonight. Kramer goes to the mound against Lopez. All right, so we are out of time on that one. We're going to actually move forward with the All-Star game. The All-Star game uh, rosters came out. The jerseys came out today. And I want to tell you, the jerseys, decent. They actually did a good job with them. They actually did fantastic with them. They look, fan- they look great. Um, but Adley was not – a starter Jonah Heim beat him just by the minuscule and I think the reason why my biggest thing is that Adley Rutschman this June okay this in June he has had a terrible June he's banging 221 just two home runs six RBIs it's 19 out of 86 he's got one more game tonight you know and then June will be over with but what strikes you as funny on why Adley wasn't a starter. It's got, I know it's the voting, but what, why wasn't he a starter? Yeah, I, I got it. I mean, all bias aside, uh, I, I just think Adley's better. Honestly, I, I just, it, it's kind of true. I mean, I know obviously Baltimore isn't like a huge market. It's not, you know, he's not a Yankee. He's not a, a, a Red Sox, that type of thing. But mm-hmm. um, I mean, coming in, Texas Rangers, they're not like a huge market team either. So no, it's, it's, I wouldn't say that they're, they're in a big market. Yeah. Uh, Arlington, Arlington, Dallas, San Antonio, Mar- they are actually in a pretty big, big market. Yeah. No, I, I, I get, I see what you're saying, but there, he's not a, uh, you know, like, unless you know baseball, you probably don't know Jonah Heim. You know what I mean? Like, that type uh-huh. of thing. Like, I think yes. Adley Rutschman is a bigger name. Adley Rutschman is a bigger, he's a, obviously a younger player, his second, full season here basically his first full season um yeah so i I, it's unfortunate i and i obviously he'll get in the game at some point um you know hopefully early on but yeah i I, i'm glad he got in for sure he deserves so but yeah i mean this this month of june didn't help obviously that that's that's one of those things where everybody's gonna have their ups and downs but it's it is a little troubling just because we haven't seen him go through like a lengthy slump other than when he first came up. Well, he was at one point one for his last 21 and then he went three for his last 25. Um, I mean, he hasn't showcased the, the power. Okay. And actually across the league power has been kind of the, lacking this year because pitchers pitchers seem to be just finding the weaknesses just like that and you think that with the new rules in place with like the shift and stuff the batting averages would go up well not really they haven't gone up all that much but for Adley I don't know what his issue is I think he's just hitting that sophomore slump finally he's finally in that he had a great rookie season 
Um, right now, he's uh, hitting 268, 10 home runs, 34 RBIs. He's got a 789 OPS. Um, he's doing fantastic against, against righties, 52 out of 201 for a 259 average, and he hits well against lefties. But I feel like Adley, met, what happened in this month, kind of cost him just a tad. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the numbers, they're very, very, very similar as far as the batting average for for high, I mean, he's Heim's a little bit ahead in that in that category, but right. I, I can make a case that Rutschman is like he makes the Orioles such a better team when he's in there. Like it, it's That's night right. and day difference. I mean, we saw um, I'm I'm kind of forgetting his name from last year, um, uh, but you know when the other catcher was in there, um, it was just like that guy did not know how to frame like this, that, and the third. Rutschman is elite defensively. So, yeah, he's going through this sophomore slump, like you say, hitting 268. I mean, he could still finish the year at 280. I wouldn't be shocked. Right. And and that's success. I mean, look at the batting averages all over the league. I mean, there's a lot of teams that, you know, they're lucky they have three or four guys in the 240 and above range. Like, it's – batting averages are, are down, you know, so. Across, across the landscape, and, you know, I'm looking – I'm actually looking at team batting averages right now. Um, we have one. We have two teams above two seventy. Uh, Atlanta and Texas. Um, the bottom five. Excuse me. The bottom five. Well, the Yankees and Twins are tied at two thirty one apiece. Uh, Mariners and Tigers two twenty nine apiece. Two twenty nine apiece. The Brewers at two twenty six. Oakland Athletics. I. You know. I feel bad for them right now. I really do. I'm. You know, with their fans and everything. My dad's actually been to Oakland Alameda Coliseum. He called it the worst place you could play a ball game. They're hitting 218. The Orioles are hitting 253 as a team. Um, I looked at the uh, – so you saw the all-star game uh, starters at least, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I, good picks. You know, I, I'm fine with it. You know, the all-star game is, is more a popularity contest than it is all, all about the stats or – you know, who's hitting well and who's doing good for their team. The all-star game is just a popularity contest. It's just a fun, fun exhibition for, um, for these players to just go out there. And instead of being team, uh, uh, team enemies, they're comrades in arms for one day just to have a fun time. And, you know, it's nice to get that all-star bit. It just reminds me of, um, you know, Joe Flacco not making the Pro Bowl ever, and he was a fantastic quarterback. I give him a lot of credit, okay? Joe Flacco never made the Pro Bowl, but Tyler Huntley did, which is still a scream to this day. But going back to the MLB uh, All-Star game, <laughs> uh, jerseys this year, again, really nice looking. I, not that Colorado crap. That Those were the worst. They're up there, right? I mean, they, but, I'm, I'm trying to – I'm trying to think of uh, the, the, even the, a comparison. The and the thing right there. Oh, I will say this: I'm not a big fan of those Padres. Like they're like six different colors. I, no. those, look, those look like a highlighter was taken to one of the letters, and then a the different highlighter, and then uh, those are god awful in my opinion. Uh, and you know, I always liked it when they just stuck with their team jerseys and stuff. Uh, you know, I, I don't. I, I liked it when I like it that you have them like as batting practice jerseys. They usually just had them as batting practice jerseys. Now, now they want them as the actual jerseys themselves, which I'm cool with. Um, it was a long time coming. 
I don't know what the Dodgers were thinking with them black and white and whatever those things were. I have no idea what those things the were. Red, what about here real quick? What about those Red Sox ones that are blue and yellow? They have no color scheme related to the team, right? That's all I gotta say about that. Are they? Are they? Are are they all about Ukraine or something? I I don't know. I have no <laughs> yeah. Idea. Right. Um, but every and all and everybody wants to talk about the Baltimore City Connects effort, and they're the reason why we're losing. No, quit blaming the jerseys. I think the jerseys. Once you look at them, they're fine. I don't care. I like the B on the hat. I think that's spectacular. I think they did a good job with it all the way around. Okay, I, I just wish it was it was a Charm City on the front, in like an old English, and that that would have made it stand out. So, um, all in all, I think they're fine. I don't understand what everyone's one's issue is with the jerseys. So, um, that being said, let's move on to our next topic, and that is. The NHL draft. Now, the draft this year, they said that Connor Bedard is the second coming of the great one. Okay. And at 5'9, 175, this guy is wiry, but he packs a pop right off the bat. He had a great, um, great season in Regina. Uh, fantastic center. Got a lot of um, got a lot of speed. He can score goals, and he is—he's—he's he's ready made. He's tailor made for the NHL. Uh, going down the final four picks, uh, Leo Carlson. That was sort of a shock because I actually saw a person um, wearing a jersey for the draft pick that the Columbus uh, Blue Jackets had, which is Adam Fantilli, a Ducks fan, was actually wearing that guy's jersey with his name on it. I'm like, boy, you screwed up. And then you had Will Smith for the Sharks who came into a Will Smith song. And last, it was David Reinbacher from Cloton at the Swiss National League. Um, this was probably the strongest draft in quite some time. What do you think? Yeah, unfortunately, I didn't get to see too much of it. But, I, had, you know, I tried to read up on it and keep and keep up with it. Obviously, like Connor Bedard was a shoe-in for the, for the first overall pick. Oh, no like doubt. that that's that's been you know in the in the making for you know for really you can make the case for years but over the last year you know um it it is a little bit interesting as far as you know you never know with the with the draft like it could be nfl draft mlb draft it does not matter mm -hmm. you know none of these guys are a proven commodity like they're they're proven up to this point but now it's like you know when all the chips get pushed to the middle of the table, who's going to be the guy who's going to be a, a franchise changing player. Do you, do you think I'll ask you this is other than Bedard, is there a guy that stands out to you as far as like this guy will step in game, you know, maybe not the first game, maybe not the first month, but he will change a franchise around. Um, Going through the draft. Um, Aside from Bedard, he's probably going to – I mean, he's going to start, like, right away. I think for the Capitals, getting Ryan Leonard, um, he's going to be able to start right away. He's uh, he's a fantastic player. He's got Tom Wilson-like strength. He says he's ready to just go crazy out there. He is a generational talent um, himself. Um, he doesn't have the edge that – Wilson has um, displayed. Um, he's from the national development team for the USA. 
and um, he will wreak havoc. I think that once once he signs his uh, two-way deal, Ryan Leonard's going to be a force to deal with in the NHL. I mean, I don't think we're going to ever see maybe Sidney Crosby again. I don't think we're going to see Ovechkin again. I, I hope that I mean we have we have Connor McDavid who scored 150 plus points and Leon Dreisidel who scored 130 plus points. Generational talent wise, Bedard is probably it because he's so fast. He is I mean he is just a, it's just a wind him up and he's off. He's off and running. I mean he was dangerous in Regina for the WHL. Just absolutely unbelievable. And they said a lot about Wayne Gretzky. If um, you know he's too slow, too wiry, and look what ha- look what happened to him. He set records all across the board. Yeah, yeah. This could be a, you know we know we don't know. That's the thing. Like if I'm if I'm the Blackhawks, obviously you got to take him. Like that's the it's it's an automatic. It's a shoe in. But mm-hmm. you know it, it's it's yet to be proven. And and I hope he does have a good career. Obviously, I'm not rooting against him in, in any type of way. It's just. Um, you know, it'll be interesting. It, it'll, it's always interesting to see how these guys pan out and, and, you know, they, these prognosticators and everything else for months will tell you how great this guy is. And then he'll, he'll flop. So it's, it's, it's playing Russian roulette, man. It, it always is with, with any type of draft, but you gotta, you gotta take the guy you think is the most fit. And, and I hope he, I hope he's as at least almost as exciting to watch in the NHL as, as obviously he was, you know, up to yeah. this point. Yeah, so I'm looking at um I'm looking at the uh the grades here the Coyotes what a mess I mean totally what a mess they are I mean if 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 I'm Batman if I'm the commissioner I would have just moved them right away I would have just taken them and said you know what they say that Arizona is a hockey hockey town or a hockey state rather. I don't think so. Okay. I don't see it, right? I don't see it. No, I don't see it that way. Okay. (laughs) And, you know, some prospects have come out of Arizona State and Arizona, um, but they got a C for one of their picks. Um, They were not, because this person um, literally said that he is not worthy enough of a number six pick. I mean, he's he's a great defender at six foot four, cover a ton of ice but he's not good enough to be a number six pick. They wanted uh, Mitch Koff, who went to the Philadelphia Flyers. But unfortunately, I read this very, very uh, interesting thing that Mitch Koff didn't even want to go to Phoenix. He would have he said, eh, bye, see ya. Um, and their other pick, I'm grabbing it now. Is um that came from uh, Columbus? That uh, wait a minute, did it come from Columbus? Oh shoot! Oh, there it is. Uh, yeah, it came from the Ottawa. It actually came from the Ottawa Senators. Danelle Boot from local uh, Yaroslav, um, another defender type, six five, two hundred forty pounds. They said he wasn't even worthy of even the first round. So I don't know what Arizona is thinking right now. Uh, overall, this year's draft was a very strong draft. Uh, great players all the way around, but Bedard is going to be thrown in the fire really quickly. Yeah, it's it's not make or break because obviously he'll be a rookie and, and such a young player at that. But 
it's it'll be interesting. Like you got to think the guys on the other side, the guys on the Flyers, the guys on the anybody that goes up against that kid, they're gonna show him what it's like to be in the NHL because any of these. I mean, it reminds me of kind of like Bryce Harper coming in. The hype was just the hype train was insane. I mean, it was, it's one of those guys where could he be the next, you know, all time player type of deal. And, and, and if you're a defenseman on one of these teams, you're going to kind of show them, Hey man, welcome to the NHL. Let me, let me flatten you out real quick. Cause you know, any of the, even Crosby back in the day, he, he's another one. Ovechkin, obviously the, the, these guys that come in that are so heavily, you know, talked about and, and, and just utmost respect, like, these guys in the NHL don't care. Like they're trying to win games as much as the next guy. So they're not, they're not going to buy into the high train. If they're on the other side, they're going to want to say, Hey man, you're not as great as you think you are. So Bedard, I think he'll, he'll have a good start to his rookie season. Hopefully he doesn't turn into an Alexandre day who was just a pathetic pick for the Ottawa senators back in the early nineties. And, um, you know, I'm, uh, Really excited about the NHL season coming up in October. All right. So our final topic that we're going to cover is that, you know, when it comes to watching sports, there are these people I call fanboys in suits. And they are the type that just jab, 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 bad mouth any city in town that they hate. Um, Baltimore is usually on the hate train. Philadelphia is usually on the hate train. I don't understand why. I mean, I've been to a Phillies game. I've been to a couple of Phillies games or, you know, Citizens Bank Park is a lot of fun. It's a great place to go and see a game. I have a lot of respect for them. Um, but the thing is, is that we have too many fanboys in suits. And I, and so who is, who would you say are some of your biggest blowhards in professional sports casting? Who's got a big mouth? Um, there are quite a few if you really if you do sit there and think about it. Uh, the guy that and you know we we've talked mostly baseball today and obviously some hockey sprinkled in, but I got to I got to switch gears and go to the NFL and I got to go with um Chris Sims, obviously Phil Sims. Oh, oh yeah. uh son, he is and and the thing is I I kind of rooted for him after what he had like the appendix explode on him while he's diving into the end zone back in the day. I think he played through that or he had internal bleeding, something. He had some crazy incident where he dove into the end zone. He obviously longtime quarterback, but um, a tough guy as a player, obviously never turned into what his dad was as far as success wise, but he is an absolute nozzle, uh, nozzle to the max. I mean, the guy every year he, he downplays Jalen hurts and I, you know, I'm an Eagles fanboy, what have you, but like his quarterback, like he'll do that quote-unquote famous quarterback list and 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 there was something where you know long story short with the Dolphins they some somebody had passed away and he made it kind of an ignorant comment and and I forget the specifics off the top of my head but he's just for lack of a better word man he's a he's a jerk he's he's not a nice guy he does not care about anybody it seems but himself and I think this whole quarterback list thing with him Mm -hmm. is a pure clickbait like I want to get as many people pissed off as possible. Yeah. I want to have outlandish takes that only I can defend because everybody else calls me out for it. He he, he needs to go. I, I've I've tweeted a ton of times, fire Chris Sims, and and I would not feel bad. He's got enough money. His family has more than enough money 
then he'll that he'll be fine. He needs to get off the air. He he sucks. So oh, absolutely. And a couple of my my big the biggest blowhards in all sports. The number one that gets to me is Craig Carton of Fox Sports. This guy, my word, all he does is mouth off to his guests. He is so clueless when it comes to sports. And, you know, he thinks he knows better than everyone. He's one I cannot stand. I mean, I watched one of his shows um, one time, and I'm like, dude, you're being so rude to your guests. Why, why are you acting like this? I mean, he's standing there, and, you know, it's like I'm thinking somebody's off the stage saying, you three need to understand he's right and you're wrong. Just sit there, smile. Be nice, smile. I cannot stand him. And another one I can't stand is Colin Cowherd. Wow. Oh, golly. Colin Cowherd is just Colin Cowpie. Uh, he he <laughs> speaks such ill about Baltimore, Baltimore sports in general, the Orioles, the Ravens. He will speak ill of the Washington Capitals. But when he spoke ill of Lamar Jackson, that's when I'm like, Dude, he's not a project. He's actually a prospect. You watch him in you watched him at Louisville, and I mean he was just absolutely unbelievable at Louisville. I mean, he's a freak athlete, he won the Heisman. And you know, they 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 say that the Heisman trophy will not dictate success in the NFL. And that's kind of a true statement because the Ravens did in fact have Troy Smith at one time and he was undersized. But Colin Cowherd runs his mouth way too much i can't stand him i can't stand chris sims either i totally can't stand him and um the one the ones i really like i like chris berman berman's fine i i also love scott van pelt a maryland guy very very well spoken um it was kind of sad to see neil everett go do you have any favorites that you like yeah neil everett was uh was one of those you can say he's like a generational type guy because he's been, I mean, he's been in mm -hmm. the ESPN network for over 20 years. I mean, I remember he'd always be saying yeah, something along the lines. He'd say sports center right now. And it was just like, that was always, right now. yeah. Uh, so uh, obviously the late great uh, Stuart Scott was one. Oh, yeah. that, that Booyah. Was, uh, <laughs> cooler than the other side of the pillow. Um, That's one of my favorites. Yeah. He, he was, he was up there. I really, really, really like uh, Gus Johnson. He does a lot of college football. He's a, I mean, I watch a lot of, of Penn State. That's that's my team. But he he does the Big Ten a lot. So I mean, he'll do some some SEC stuff and and some, but mostly he's known as the you know he and he'll just say the most outlandish stuff. And he'll he has so much energy behind that that microphone that there is nobody in my opinion that gets close to him as far as just energy and, and just bringing yeah. that bringing that hype and i love and i love gus johnson i love some of his things that he did for ncaa on cbs uh heartbreak city the the slipper still fits um you know, uh, oh god the game uh, the xavier game um when um holloway got the three he goes holloway holloway Holloway's got hurt. Ah! Oh no! And I'm like, Gus, you're at a seven. You're at ten. We need you at about a four. But he does has done some of the best calls 
in in our in our lifetime and i think it's um it's really uh i think he's just a really cool um sportscaster i mean there are too many but i feel like there's just too many fanboys in suits so we're actually running out of time right now and um you know i want to thank brutally honest sports for coming on you know we're going to be working together uh some some more often but i do want to give a nice little shout out to my friend kim daly and claire ruby so ladies eric Earrings just shouldn't cost you a fortune, and only the best are handcrafted and made by small businesses like my friend Kim Daly and Clea Ruby. Clea Ruby is handcrafted, small works of art made by my friend Kim Daly herself, and she's a master artist. So if you're looking for anything beautiful uh, that's not going to break the bank or your wallet, uh, see my friend Kim Daly at ClayaRuby.com. That is C-L-A-Y. R-O-O-B-E-E dot com. She does some fantastic work. It is just absolutely unbelievable. It won't break the bank. And, you know, hey, I, I support small businesses. So so that is a wrap for today. I uh, hope you all enjoy the rest of your day. And we will be seeing you soon. I am Joshua. I'm Aaron. And we will see you later on.